sometimes you want to be inclusive, but you're afraid to be offensive. So you talk to your friend who doesn't get offended very easily. This is the Wayward Podcast. Is this C? Oh, look, see? Do you just need it to restart it? I just, you know what? Sometimes it's true. You just need to turn it off and turn it back on again. Yes. Just like us. I'm a technical wizard. Although you can just turn me on. Yeah. Oh, I do. (laughs) And I will. Hello, Rachel Miner. Hello. You're still in my closet. We did take a quick break. I did tell you I'm never leaving your closet. I'm so happy. I believe that about you. Okay, the reason we... We wanted Rachel Miner to stick around because we had a very specific conversation that we wanted to have with her. Um, Kim? <laughs> and by we, what is that? we what mean is Kim. That? So here is my question. One of the most important things I've learned from Supernatural and the conventions and the community uh, and the Twitterverse is this idea of inclusion. Yes. And thereby exclusion. So I want to ask, how do you learn to think about another person's experience when their experience doesn't match yours? Um, And I ask you specifically because we've talked about this. I forget you're in a wheelchair a lot. (laughs) Now, sometimes you're delighted by that. But other times, for instance, if I asked you to climb up the stairs to get into my apartment, that would result in cussing. So inclusivity what does it mean how do we get better at it and what are the pitfalls well i mean i think one of the things and it's again it it does tie into representation because there's this weird illusion that we as humans are somehow all alike Mm -hmm. whereas every single human is experiencing being human in a different way Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean we can't find similarities and ways that our experience overlaps but like it's really important to examine the fact that no one is you know, getting the same sensory perceptions that we might just assume, but that person for that person, something might be very physically taxing or emotionally triggering or what, like there are so many things that we do that we take for granted. That it's like, this is the way that I experience it. So therefore it's how you experience mm-hmm. it. So I think just taking that essential lie off the table is probably the first thing. I think the other Um, answer from a societal point of view, and this is what I advocate for a lot, is that we are in such terror a lot of times as individuals to say, hey, I am different and this makes me uncomfortable or this is not easy for me. Instead, we're always trying to prop up the illusion that we are the same and we can function uh, the same way that people expect us to. And I think if we didn't feel shame attached to our differences, we would have a more inclusive world because people would be more willing to advocate for themselves and to kind of raise their hand, so to speak, and say, hey, this is not this doesn't work for me. I I feel Uh like I've had the experience of feeling like we are all the same and sometimes I think that I shouldn't think differently because in my brain that works out to be non-inclusive. If I think of everybody the same, then I am being inclusive, which is not the truth at all. Because everybody has different experiences in this world and we need to be supportive 
of people differently. Absolutely. I, I grew up with a very liberal, but very, not very worldly mother. Um, and racism, and she was like, we just, we see everyone the same. We see everyone the same. We see everyone the same. Yeah. And when I ended up being the only white person at a theater that I was teaching at in Philadelphia, I realized that my idea of we see everyone the same translated into we see everyone as being just like me, which mm, actually was doing yes. a huge disservice mm -hmm. to the fact that these young men and women have a drastically different experience than yes. I do. Yes. And me pretending that they didn't wasn't necessarily exactly. doing anyone a service. Yes. I think the kinder thing is I'm willing to look through your eyes yeah. as opposed to I assume that we're seeing the world through the same eyes. Because it is, it's where I feel like societal, like society, what we go off so often, whatever area. I mean, race is a good example because if you have any insight into kind of like the entrenched prejudices and things that are experienced, if you have a different color skin, if you have a different racial background, and what like it. It, it baffles me when you look at it was not lo that long ago that we had laws on the books that made it illegal for people to mar marry interracially, interracially that, you know, where we had segregation and all these things. So that is still something that people are within the, our generation that we are interacting with that they experience. So to not be willing to hear about and learn from their different experience to yours, I think it just is a detriment to our well-being. Yeah. And and but again it's also it's being the person that wants to be included, it's important to empathize as well. Mm -hmm. So one of the things for me is hmm. I can remember because I had a period where I was walking and a period of time where I'm not walking, uh -huh. I like, I'll try to be like, oh, let's meet at this restaurant, and I'll forget that there were steps there. Because it was an unconscious huh. action at that time, mm. it didn't even register to me that it wasn't an accessible place. Because um, that wasn't my, what, my life experience. So I can be empathetic with either of you if you decide to pick a place and... Uh, don't realize that there are stairs there. Right. I know that that, you know, that's just not the eyes you're looking through. Interesting. Um, on the other hand, I can absolutely say without doubt, it makes such a difference when someone takes the time to think ahead of time what my experience might be and not make me fight for mm -hmm. uh, ease well, of access. We had a situation yeah. where, um, because you do conventions with us and conventions there were stairs yeah. and you were not able to get yourself on stage, which I like once someone pointed it out to me, which I am fucking embarrassed. It had to be pointed out. But once somebody pointed it out to me, um, I was like, oh, holy shit. I'm going to my immediate reaction was I'm going to burn the place down because I have the tendency to make other people's differences about me. Um and but so you're that also, also an incredible isn't... friend and ally and advocate. Like, if you hadn't used your voice in that way, my life would be very different right now because I didn't even know how much I needed it. In a, like, one oh. of the things when, when I... So after the first convention we did with a ramp, 
people were like, what happened to you? Like, you just seem so happy and so confident. And, you know, it was just, mm. like person after person that I saw. And I realized because I'm not in constant terror. Um, I'm not feeling that I am dependent on other people as kind as they're being. Totally. I'm not feeling that I'm dependent on them. And people didn't realize things like I never went to Saturday Night Special, for example. I never went to the, the events I didn't have to go to because I didn't want to be extra work and burden for people to have to carry me on stage. And then also, I had no freedom of movement. So I couldn't, like, say I needed to pee. I was always scared that I would need to pee because mm. I couldn't get off that stage. This is news to me because in my brain, everyone who has a need that is not being met is aware of that need and is sitting in simmering discontent. Right. Which and is which is totally what? the opposite. It doesn't even occur to me. I was I was very happily, oh how lovely that they're still including me and this means a lot and whatever. And it, it's not until I reflect later that I'm like, holy moly, I needed that so badly. So now I'm more willing to advocate for other people. But I couldn't see it for myself. But this also helps me with a lot of fear because often what I'm afraid because my needs might be like I'm what is it not entitled but what is it when I'm privileged I'm coming from a place of privilege but my fear is still my fear my pain is still my pain so it's the one that means the most to me yeah and I will be afraid to ask how I can better advocate or better be an ally because I assume you're already in a state of anger and wanting to hurt me even though you're not coming from Whereas, and that's not the truth no and also i feel like one of the most crucial things we can do is have honest um an honest willingness to learn from each other and I think that on a lot of these subjects, people feel they're, like, taboo. And so they're afraid to ask and they're afraid to have those conversations. And I don't think we can really properly heal and function as a society until we can actually address these things to each other. Um, for example, it's very important to me to not use gendered language or to inappropriately gender someone. And that's new to me, the use of— Me too. They, they're them. Right. And or, or to ask someone if they identify and what they identify yes. as. And 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 to apologize when I misidentify someone. Well, yeah. and I that's, have misgendered so that's people, what, and I'm like, I'm going to own up to that, as opposed to being like, no, you will be what I fucking right. say and you are. And that's what I was going to say. So I've actually had it. moments, like, at conventions uh -huh. where I inappropriately gendered someone. and Because it, it's unconscious, because yeah. it's something I'm still learning. But just the fact that I turn around and apologize, I've had people break down in tears because they've never gotten that kind of respect. And here's something that's really important to me to differentiate is the difference between, you know, being PC and being respectful. sensitive yeah. and respectful. Yes. I do not want to hurt people. Therefore, it only behooves it helps me to ask that question to to take that moment to say that thing it's not that i feel like i'm being censored censored yeah. by society or told yeah, i have that's to do a big something thing right now i was talking about this with a friend i went and saw a comedy show last night and we were talking about somebody on stage was using um an accent that was not their own right. which could often be portrayed as racist and 
that line of censorship is hot right now because especially in comedy, people don't know where to ride that line is. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I have very good friends that are some of the top comedians in Canada and they don't, they've had a lot of conversations about it. But um, I think that for me, I get it. I don't like being censored. I I like making crass jokes. I like a shock a factor in comedy. Um, but for me, I like to grow and I like to, to feel like we are all working on this together. So I don't feel like I'm being censored. I don't feel like I'm being schooled. I feel like I'm opening up. I you feel like evolve. I'm growing, yeah. evolving. Oh, exactly. I absolutely have felt censored, schooled, spanked, told I was wrong. Um, I get very defensive because my immediate response is, "You, but you just didn't understand me. You don't know what my intention is. Right. Those are Because, again, as I say, my pain is the greatest pain right. because it's the one I experience. Right. Um, however, because of my relationship with you, Rachel, and with the fans and in this world, I'm getting better at better at recognizing that when I feel defensive and when I use that phrase, you just didn't understand, it's probably because I feel guilty because there's something to look at. So this idea of I'm being attacked for not being PC is just a story my brain has made up for the fact that I feel bad I wasn't sent. I hurt someone. But I think all of us as humans, definitely at commonalities, none of us want to be excluded and none of us want to be thought of as bad and therefore not included yes and so so the biggest trigger point for people when they when it's being pointed out that they could do something that's more inclusive is that means you were evil or wrong or mean or you wanted to hurt someone and you wanted to hurt someone and it's like that that is where it gets really tricky because that is not the case i can do absolutely do something that hurts someone else without the intention of hurting them them and I can actually uh, like absolutely learn oh wow if I change this behavior slightly it makes them happier and feel better and more comfortable so why not that doesn't mean that I was evil and wanted to hurt them before when I behaved differently yeah I find a lot of discussion around this with my my daughter is Mm -hmm. not neurotypical she has autism spectrum disorder, and or at least she's diagnosed with it. And um, there is a lot of the community that I now have learned to listen to that has taught me that autism isn't actually about me because I'm her mother. I care so deeply for her that I will take her disability personally and i even know that there are people that are do we use the word disabled do we not use the word disabled what do we do i just i take a label that is one of many that she can wear and make it about me but and see, that's not as being your, an ally as your friend either. one of the reasons why you are one of my dearest friends and and biggest allies is talking about your daughter and it's because you can differentiate, because you can make it not about you and your story and also not attached to her. So I have, an, I have a personal pet peeve um, with parents who have children who are disabled, we'll use the word, in any way, who don't fit that typical mold, whether it be, you know, physical or mental or whatever. And then 
uh, use that as a way of saying, oh, poor me, mm. please feel bad for me, or teach their child, you got a really hard lot in life, and therefore you, you know, you deserve all the sympathy. And I understand that it, it's not coming from an evil place, but I think that's so detrimental to someone's well-being. To be, I, I, my strength has come from being able to look at the differences that I face as strategic differences. So I have to figure it out. It doesn't mean that I'm victimized. Right. Um, it, I just have to figure out the difference. But you know what? Every single human being is dealing with trials and tribulations. Every one of us. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't make me different from other people. It's just a different set of, of hurdles that I have to overcome. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So why do you think people are threatened when it's suggested that they could honor the way another person requests to be identified, for instance? I think it's, again, it's that... It's that view that we want to try to reverse, which is it's happening to them as opposed to it's something they're causing to others. They very much oh. go into the, right. you're, you're telling me yes. I'm wrong and you're trying to control my behavior. And there's a defensiveness that sets in and a pain that sets in with that as opposed to looking outward and going, Oh, that person's in a lot of pain. Mm. Usually, like say, with gendering, having someone be sensitive enough to say, "Hey, if I change my wording a little bit, that may make you feel like you're part of this group." That's what inclusion is. That I like your differences and I accept them, and I love who you are and who you feel you are. And what's great um, about you yeah. is that you are also, in turn, giving. The other person, as you said, like with us going to a restaurant or something, the benefit of the doubt that they are not being malicious. They just haven't thought properly about it. And that's and I will say that is the danger uh, within this problem mm -hmm. in society is yes. that what happens is when you're going through something, it's very hard to go through and you can take anger out improperly. Yes. On others. So one of the things is that I'm frustrated a lot of the day because I literally cannot get my hands to do what I'm telling them to do or my legs to do what I'm telling them to do. And it's something that I can I have a recollection. Plus, I've seen films and all that all that say this should be an easy action is hella difficult it's <laughs> ridiculous um and so it's i i can be in a state of being so angry at my environment that then when someone makes my life harder just even unconsciously i could take it out on them and i think that happens a lot of the time so you get things like every time someone shows up in a wheelchair staff members of like hotels or whatever are terrified of you because you're probably going to yell at them and and oh, uh, and you're probably going to be angry and whatever. So just being an empathetic, kind person in that situation does help change that narrative and does help allow for those conversations. Does yeah. that make sense? Yes. It does. Yeah. It brings me to another thing that I often say, which is it's no one's job to educate me besides me. However, one of the ways I educate myself is by asking people questions who have had 
experiences that I haven't had. So how do I, now I don't mean, you, I guess you only have your perspective and you're Rachel and mm-hmm. how do I ask you questions as I go, hey Rachel, I got a fucking <laughs> question. Um, but for someone who would like to educate myself, but I'm afraid I'm going to offend someone, and what do you the, do? And that's the tricky thing. Mm, I don't. That's a great I don't think we can heal or handle as as humans until we are willing to have those tough conversations. And uh, I'll tell you a great example that I see is children are often really comfortable asking those questions, and parents are often very uncomfortable with oh, their yeah. children asking those questions. Mm. And it just shows you we're kind of indoctrinated. Within the society of what conversations you're supposed to have, what subjects you're supposed to bring up, and what you're not supposed to. And whereas a kid will say, I don't understand. Why don't you walk? Or whatever it is. And it's uh, to me, that's actually a wonderful opportunity. That's so great. And that's such a great memory thing to remember to our listeners is like, especially with children, is like, if your children are not being fucking assholes yeah they're just asking questions allow them to answer mm. because that's what's going to change society yeah i've taught my kid something because i was very guilty of the don't ask don't don't just mm. she's, she's autistic she's get really right. somebody once was like wow who are you parenting for because it right. doesn't seem to be your kid right and i was like ouch that really wow. fucking hurts because you are dead on the money <laughs> So something I try to do now is when she does begin asking questions, I ask her to be responsible within those questions and say, you just asked that person a question about their body. And she then will be like, oh, because when I remind her that that might have hurt someone's feelings, she can follow up with, did that hurt your feelings? I didn't. And only once has anyone ever said, yeah, actually, it kind of did hurt my feelings. And then she gave that person a hug and said, I didn't mean to hurt. It was lovely. But that's authentic for her. I don't know if I'm capable of that level of authenticity. Because well, there's fear behind it. Yeah, right? man. Because we, we've been taught. But the, here's the other thing. As a human being, with any endeavor, and this is just, again, this is just my two cents. But with any endeavor, we have to be willing to fall flat on our face. We have to be willing to fail. We have to be willing for people to hate us. No, I'm hiding in my <laughs> I'm just saying. So I agree. I'm with you. What is it that I always say? Fail confidently. Failing confidently. I love it. Confidently failing. Yes. Yes. But but you you have to, if you're going to broach these difficult subjects. Fear's job is to paralyze me. (laughs) Fear's job is to force you to grow. Yes. But all I'm saying is you very well, if you're having these conversations with people, there will be certain people who might get very angry and think you're an evil, bad person because you didn't do what they wanted. Although here's the or say what they here's wanted. Here's the irony: is that if I remain an uneducated, closed-minded douche, there will also be people who think I'm evil. Absolutely. And, and here's what I trust. Ah. So here's what I trust: most humans are perceiving a lot. Of things that we don't even know how to name. So you can tell when someone has good intentions or when they're genuine. I think for most of us, we can. So we actually very rarely, I think, get falsely labeled. It's just that sometimes we're not willing to see that we have prejudices or whatever. And that that's where it gets difficult. But a lot of times I've said things that, oh, my God, they totally fill that criteria of, like, privileged, insensitive question so many times to so many groups. 
But I was really coming from a genuine place of wanting to connect and understand and be helpful. And so I've been forgiven many times uh, because people sense that what that intention was to begin with. And so that's what I've relied on a lot in life. And I think that that's what happens a lot with kids, too, is you can tell there was no malice there. They're generally trying to figure out the rules of this life thing. Mm. And that's why they're asking. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now do you think there's what's the difference between inclusion and equality? I think that where equality can go off is the illusion that we're all living the same experience. Yes. I heard that today hilariously in a song. Oh, wow. Like it was like and this was speaking specifically on men and women, which yeah. is not what we're speaking about, but men and women should be equal, but they're not the same. And I think that that's where we get lost. And it goes back to what we were saying about um I think of all races as one race and you're like no because everybody has an incredibly different experience yeah i think there's also a belief and i am guilty of it that if i honor and this is very tricky territory by the way yeah yeah oh yeah if i honor your pain it means somehow i have to sacrifice my pain we do this instinctively kind of in interpersonal relationships we don't necessarily do it on these larger subjects say like right now kim is talking about something difficult that she's going through it's not the time for me to talk about my paper cut or whatever it is. It's not because I. she needs me to be there for her, not to say, oh, I feel pain too, and here's my pain, and my pain is more valid because of this, or whatever it is. And a lot of people feel that if you are acknowledging one issue that one group may be experiencing, that is uh, that taking away from the fact that other groups are experiencing hardship. Yeah, I think that... There's we, we get a very black and white mindset that to put something up, it means we need to push something else down. Right. And the idea of inclusion is actually dragging everybody else, is dragging everybody up. Yeah. Um, what healing. is it, that rising tide yeah. floats all boats? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, to me, it's about let's try to heal all of this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in healing something in you that might look entirely different or might be a totally different story that helps heal me. Yep. So I find when I do confront me being a close-minded asshole douche and instead decide to look at people who have different perspectives, I end up feeling better. Even if I've never met those people, I just feel like there's more of me that's yeah. present and authentic, even if it started with a feeling of guilt and shame and you're not being a good liberal white lady right now, you should be more informed about this. Um, so I would like to point out that sometimes inclusion, when it's the hardest, actually ends up feeling the best. Yes. Yes. Because ultimately you are growing. And if you can find a way, and it goes back to like energy exchanges, right? Is like if you can find a way to stop stonewalling that energy – that's only going to be better for everybody. Absolutely. And also, the more I've never grown or evolved as a human or understood more perspectives and not benefited from it. I've never, like, that. That's true. To me, if you can broaden your lens in any way um, or connect with a greater, you know, larger group of people or whatever, that is life giving. So we're not. Yeah. 
just to be clear, in this podcast, in my yeah. closet right now, um, this is not a manifesto no. telling you what yeah. you should do. This is an offering of a way we have all found to be happier and more comfortable in our lives. Absolutely. So it's and not, I, in and no way to. do I feel like I'm an expert on any nope. of these subjects. And it's very scary in a way talking about them because I do not want someone walking away saying, oh, Rachel thinks this is the way to handle no. X. It's like, no, I don't know. What I'm saying is let's have the conversation. And that's it. That's exactly it. It's like I feel like I am still learning. And point being is I want to be better at inclusion and I think I encourage all of us to want to be better at it because it's only going to make us all better as a society a thousand percent and also our own prejudices against ourselves Mm -hmm. like I'll tell you as a person with a disability I catch myself many times every single day hating myself or feeling wrong as a human because I don't fit certain criteria that I think I should. Well, I remember when you told me that your biggest fear is being a burden. That on the way to a party yeah. when you're <laughs> <laughs> my, my chair stopped working, oh, you did push me, and we were pushing you down the streets of Chicago, <laughs> and we were like, "Well, how does it feel to have your worst fear exactly. or confront your worst fear? Experience it." But that's another side of inclusion yeah. is honoring the differences that are. It's like, oh, and you know what? Sometimes. This thing I'm afraid of actually turns out to be true. Yeah. But that's okay, too. Yeah. And also, we're all trying to overcome these things in ourselves. So so I think that's also part of empathizing. It's like sometimes when someone is angry and assertive about wanting you to be more inclusive or say something differently or whatever, that's because they're having to overcome their own self-hatred or their own fear or whatever it is. And so it takes a lot of energy and strength to just to arrive, to show up, to ask these questions, to broach these subjects. So please remember that, I think, is important. Yeah. Oof. Um, well, I'm going to end it there because I need a fucking snack. All right. There okay. are snacks in my apartment. And I think you. it's my stomach that's growling. Oh, so. it's always mine. <laughs> well, always. just for anybody who is listening and that, you know, if you've got it turned up super loud, my cat chews fabric, which means he's not allowed in my closet. So he's been meowing right for the last between us we have to release the pussy (laughs) yeah it's time to let the pussy out oh can't wait to see what scout turns that into thanks thanks rachel release the pussy release that pussy oh i love you guys i love you kim rhodes i love you you so much and i love you rachel